Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Com Report. Wherever you get your podcast, you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. Don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com. I have a story up now, and it's something I'm going to talk about in, in a minute. So you can go read it on ESPN.com. On, Ch- on Champ Bailey, he's going to be Washington's honorary cap- captain for this game. So he is making his first return to FedEx Field since 2009 when he was a member of the Denver Broncos. And I'll get into some of that in a minute, but you can go check out the story there now. It's up on, on the site. So there you go. I also have a story up on Magic Johnson and just what this game Sunday means to him and what being a part of the commanders means to him and also what he told the team. So go check the, all that stuff up now. I'm going to talk for a few minutes and then I'm going to give you my three predictions for the, excuse me, three keys to the game and then a prediction. So let's start with the news on Friday. The good news for Washington is that Terry McLaurin will play. He was taken off the injury report. He practiced was a full participant in practice for the second consecutive day. Obviously, that's a really good sign. So he's good to go. He's not going. He's not on the injury report. Chase Young still on the injury report as we speak, and he will stay on there. The question is, will he be cleared? And as I record this, he has not yet been cleared by doctors. There is a chance that he will be cleared by the time you listen to this. But just know, Ron Rivera told us on Friday, even if he is cleared, they have a decision to make. He has not taken any contact since the first preseason game. And, you know, you have to be very careful with that. As far as McLaurin goes, he told us that the doctors told him, and I've been saying this too, and others have too, that it's been a mild case of a turf toe on his right toe. And that that the, he said that they feel very good. He's going to make a full recovery and that he wouldn't have any lingering issues. And as he said, obviously there could always be a setback because it's football and you could go out there and suffer the same injury. But he said that the doctors feel really good about this. And that again, that he does not expect to have lingering issues and makes a full recovery. He said he was feeling good as of Monday. Ron Rivera said, watching him work out Monday, he knew that McLaurin had a chance. So for everybody who's worried about like, Oh, don't rush him back. He feels good. He wants to play. He needs to play. If you are healthy, you need to play. And so that's the nature of this game. And again, I told you the other day, if you're a captain and you're and guys know you're healthy and can play and then you don't play, never, ever, ever a good look in a locker room. So there you go. He's going to play. We don't know about Chase Young. What we do also know is that James Smith Williams was added to the injury report. He is now questionable with an oblique injury, suffered in practice. Don't know how severe on that, but they did sign William Bradley King to their active roster because they are down some people. You don't know about Chase Young. You're now with um, Smith-Williams is questionable for Sunday. You're already down F.A. Obata, so you may need some more depth at defensive end, so you bring him back. Also, they put to, to make room for Bradley King, they put Dax Milne on injured reserve. He's been dealing with that groin injury. This is something I thought we wondered about might happen right after final cuts. Um, but, you know, they wanted to see how it developed and he never practiced out there. So here he goes on to IR. Why wasn't Jamison Crowder promoted? Well, they can do it on Saturday, bumping him up off the practice squad. That's why. And they're going to need the depth at defensive end. So they they knew they could just do uh, make the move with Jamison on Saturday and, and go from there. So 
Um, anyway, that's it from that. Also, before I get into the the keys, got to talk about this week just a little bit because once again, this week has highlighted the difference between this ownership ownership group and the previous one. And it just starts with, and first of all, from a reporter standpoint, it's been unbelievably busy because they've had multiple events. In fact, I'm going to record this and go to another Josh Harris event down at the Fan Fest in D.C. We, a few of us attended a, an economics club meeting where Josh Harris and Mitchell Rails were interviewed by David Rubenstein. And it was, you know, for those attending, it was probably very good information to learn. But what it also did, again, is it, it, it really showed the differences in how they operate versus how Dan Snyder operate. And in, and to be honest, I mean, it's it's a stark difference and it is, as much as you could even imagine. And I think it's why this team, and it's why I told people early on when I started dealing with some members of this group, early on, I would say like, this is the group you want because I think they know how to do things, but I also think they have the good, the right philosophy to, to build a, a, a winning franchise in a sports league. So, and one of the things that, a couple of things that, that, Rails and and Harris talked about is after they bought the team is organizing these lunches with 10 to 12 players at a time and really picking their brain and and having conversations about what the players need, what they want from them, what they what can they do to support them more. And Terry McLaurin was telling us today just how he was obviously one of those guys. And he's he and guys like John Allen are going to be very honest about where things are at. And so it's a lot of he said there are a lot of little things they talked about from the treatment of families to this and that. He said, all those things, some of them sound little, but they all add up. And and they're what they're, if you're trying to build a right organization, this is a good way to start is by picking the brains of those who are here. They There was that negative report on the NFLPA about the organization. You can't just dismiss that as, oh, it was all because of this. You've got to find out why. And they've, they've been doing that. So there's that. And then you listen to Harris talk about like, and Harrison Rails talking about like, you know, yeah, they know they're experts in business, but they're not experts at picking players. What they are good at is picking people who then go pick those players and then trusting those guys to go do their jobs. And, you know, Ray, excuse me, Harris was asked if he'd be in the the, the war room, for example, when it comes time to draft guys. And he said he wasn't sure if he'd be in there, but he can tell you he's not picking the players. And we've seen that here with the owner in the past. And it never, it almost never goes well. And there were too many examples, too many examples of that. But bottom line is it once again showed the difference, but it's also just, you know, in talking to some of these guys after that meeting, you just are reminded that they are for billionaires. They're very normal people. And, you know, again, I don't know when they'll build something right, but they're going to build a much better organization than it's been, than this place has been in a few decades. And again, this week to me just highlights it. And then we talked to Magic Johnson at the Boys and Girls Club on on Thursday. Magic's just a limited partner, but man, that guy is excited and he's got a bundle of energy and he's such a good resource for guys to have. Guys like, again, go back to McLaurin. And one of the things that he's excited about is having access to guys who have the business acumen that they do. But it's just another reason why it's like you can make this place better just by having people like that. Now, Magic's not going to be out there picking players or anything like that. He's an ambassador for this franchise and he will be a very good and energetic one because it means a lot to him. And it just brings a different level of gravitas to the whole scenario, to the whole scene. But it's also like, this is the guy who knows how to win and he's willing and, and desiring to share his wisdom. And it's not just about, well, I just did this. It's about what do you look for in teams that do this? How do you get to that point? How did your teams look? 
And that's what those are the things he can answer and help. He can he can help as a sounding board to the Harris group and say, like, well, what's your assessment of this? Not that he's going to offer from a football standpoint, but certainly from a leadership and uh, standpoint, he's going to know what leaders and so do these guys do too. Harrison Rails do too. This is this is their whole yeah, they understand that. Um, but I think it's always important to have guys like that around. And then the other part of this week, and I talked to Champ Bailey on Friday morning, again, wrote a story about it. And first of all, I always like covering Champ. He was one of my top players. He was one of the top players I ever covered because of how cooperative he was with the media, how accessible he was, and just how honestly, to be honest, how honest he was, not just about, and realistic, not just about like, you know, he knew he was a good player. I remember talking to him one time. I was like, yeah, I think I am the best player, best corner in the league. But he said it with such a matter of fact, like, yeah, I am. So, and who who's going to doubt that, right? And some people could look at his arrogance. I think it's just like, I know who I am and this is what I am. And you know it too. And and I always appreciate guys like that because he's not, he wasn't being cocky. He was just like, honest, this is, this is the truth. And more often than not, he was right. But one of the things he said is that just how, how much he told me that he, this is something he's been wanting for a long time to return to this franchise. He said he was envious of other guys who like Peyton Manning, John Lynch, guys that he knew were key parts of a couple franchises that could go back and be a part of each of those franchises. And he wanted that here. As he said, the timing is right for him to come back. So he'll be on it before the game. Go read that story on ESPN.com. And hopefully I'll have him on the podcast very soon. Anyway, now let's get to my three keys of the game and then a prediction. So and because it's the first game and it's Arizona, there's not a whole lot to go on. But I'm going to say the first key is establish the tone. And not just this, I mean that not just for this game, but for the season, right? You need to establish a tone for the season. This is, I talked to one player, I said, what do you, what, you know, ask him, what do you, what do you think? What are your expectations? He goes, need to dominate. Now, he was probably talking as much about his position group, but I would say that has to be for this game. It's the NFL. You never know. I mean, shoot, a couple of years ago, Garrett Gilbert was signed and four days later almost helped this team beat Philadelphia in Philadelphia. And at a time where these guys had a number of starters missing because of COVID, you never know. A couple, And then that game, just like in any game, a couple of turnovers almost swung at Washington's way early and they just couldn't protect the lead. But they did swing him, got him some a lot of early momentum, and the Eagles were in a fight the entire game against a team that they really should have put should have knocked out in the third quarter. But they were there, so you never know what happens. And this is also kind of a crazy week because again, a lot of excitement for this game, a lot of buildup for this game, the sellout, everybody's excited, new owner, all you know, Sam Howell, all this stuff. So, but you don't know, and sometimes all that buildup it, it, does it does it exhaust you. And I don't think the players will, but so I don't think that's going to really be an issue. I think they'll feed off that more than it's going to tire them out um, in terms of that. But so I think they're going to be okay there. But again, you never know. However, Arizona has a new coach. They have new coordinators. Their quarterback is out. They have two quarterbacks, Josh Dobbs, who just got there and Clayton Toon, who's a rookie fifth round pick, you know, and this is a team you should dominate and they have to do it. Again, if if they win 20 to 17, is it a horrible win? No, because it's a win. But you want to see signs that maybe this start will be different, right? Maybe they will start differently. Maybe they will have 
the kind of season that people hope they can have, which is maybe get some, catch some fire a little bit early, get some momentum, get some confidence. Because if you just go out, like these guys know what Arizona has, you go out there and you'll win by a couple points. Like, you know, yeah, they'll be happy because they won, but you're still going to know, like you should have put that team away early. So again, if they win, is it a disaster? No. I mean, if they win close to disaster, no. Win is a win is a win. But I think there's a way in this one after what, this organization has been through over the last couple of years in terms of slow starts, needing to look good early. You need to look good early. And if you look good in this game, you're going to win by a comfortable margin. And, you know, look, I mean, Arizona's going to have a few new guys on the offensive line. They don't, there's just so many questions with them that you have to, have to, have to build off the momentum that's been created with this ownership change, with all this new stuff, with Eric Bieniemy Again, see, you know, Sam Howell, there's excitement about all this. So put it together. And the defense, defense, defense has got to really shut down this Cardinals offense, which is not very good and shouldn't really do anything. And again, if they start, if they shut down Arizona's office, does it mean that this defense is, is now going to be the best in the NFL? No, it's what they should do. And this team has to start doing what they should do from the jump because there have been a couple of years where they did not, and it cost them in the end. So get off to a good start, establish this, establish a tone for not just this game, but for the rest of the way that you're going to be a certain team and you're going to look good and et cetera. So if you really want, you want to build off this momentum with the fan base, establish the tone early. Can you believe we've had seven months without an NFL game? Crazy, right? Well, good thing that's over. The NFL is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't-miss offer for week one. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Check the app to see what you get. Download now and use code KIME, K-E-I-M, to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting 5 bucks. That's code KIME, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Second key here, adapt and adjust. That is pretty much mostly for the offense because that's where a lot of the questions are going to be, not, not so much from their end of the ball, but from the Cardinals defense. What is a Cardinals defense going to look like? Uh, their new coach, Jonathan Gannon, plays, you know, he was in Philadelphia the last couple of years. He's been in Minnesota. He's been in Indianapolis. He's been in different systems. What is he going to do? Well, one of the things that he's typically did, and he certainly did this in Philadelphia, his, his defenses took away the big plays. So, for example, the last two years under Gannon, the Eagles allowed only 31 plays of 30 yards or more. That's one of the best in the league in that in that category. For example, Washington allowed 31 such plays last year. Much better in the second half of the year, but 31 last year. Eagles 31 last two years of 30 yards or more. 
So that's like that's been the big o mo under him. And when he was under uh, coach with Matt Eberflus in Indianapolis, that's what he that's what was a style of his his defenses as well. Under Mike Zimmer, they sometimes use those double A gap blitzes. Would they do that now? Well, it seems like the other the other style is more of his. But he's also is he going to be? They also have a new coordinator on there. So who's going to be whose style are they really taking here? That's the thing that you don't know. And you know, again, as I was talking to one offensive coach, is like you keep in mind, like with the Eagles last year, they could take away those big plays because of the personnel they had. They had a really good defense. They had a good defensive front. And they had a good secondary, so you could you could play a certain style. Can he? Play, does he feel like? Do they feel like they can play that style with, with the Cardinals personnel? So I think that's going to be something to watch. Um, it's, let's will they blitz a lot? I don't know. And so the Eagles last year twentieth in the NFL in blitzes. Arizona was third. So you know, so they clearly had personnel. There's you know, there's some turnover there, but they clearly had personnel that the coaches wanted to use it with. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. But the key will be for the offensive coaches and talking to Rivera and talking to other coaches that whatever happens, like you're going to go out with your game plan. You're going to worry about what you do, but you, because you don't know how they're going to do it. And then you have to adjust. So their ability to adjust in this game is going to be pivotal for Eric Bieniemy and the offensive coaches. And, you know, they, again, so you're preparing for multiple schemes, multiple looks, and, po- and other scenarios, the good thing is for the opener, the hard thing is for the opener, you don't know. The good thing is you had a long time to prepare and they've been preparing for a while as to what they will do. Um, I will say like there are a couple of good players on that Cardinals defense. Josh Weinfuss talked about it on the podcast a couple of days ago, one of whom is cornerback Marco Wilson, Buda Baker safety, very, very good. With Wilson, he's probably, he's our top corner. So be curious to see how how the Cardinals attack with with McLaurin playing, how they use him. Now, the Eagles did not really move guys around, so I don't know that they'll do that here. If Wilson does play on McLaurin a lot, Wilson's a good corner, has some speed, has you know plays with plays with leverage, doesn't really like to jam guys at the line. So you know, that can change your release as a, as a as a receiver. But what it's also going to tell the receiver is he doesn't really want to play physical. So if you're McLaurin, you're going to use your physical nature against him and try to win. Wilson does play with good leverage. He does play to his help very well. So that's going to be an interesting one to watch. And then, you know, I think you have to look at a guy like Brian Robinson, big time in this game, like I'm going to try and, you you know, you want to try and establish that run, right? And I think that guy should have, I think that guy could have a solid game, but that's, so I think this is a good chance to see what can the line do. We get the first look at that, and then we can know going at future weeks exactly what they might do with that group and, and how effective it might be. Anyway, so adapt and adjust. Third one, force Dobbs into mistakes. Now, as I tape this, there's been no official word on who's going to start for Arizona quarterbacks. Certainly, everything is pointed to Josh Joshua Dobbs starting there. So he's only had two starts in the NFL, and he did both last year and against um, uh, Dallas and then Jacksonville. And he got better in the second game. His numbers were better in the second game, so that's good. I think there are a couple of things. You know, he was in the in the quick game, the short game. He was good at getting the ball out of his hands. Um, so he does that. He does that fine. And he can be accurate in that situation. He can move. So the, there were a lot of bootlegs last year that he ran. Now, I don't know what he's, I don't know what they're going to do there. I'm sure that'll be part of it because he does have that ability. So the bootlegs, rollouts, things like that. 
he can hurt you with by extending a play, but usually he's going to look to to run and 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 when he runs, you look to throw the ball typically. But what I would what I've also noticed in the two games, I watched almost every one of those plays that he started. You can force him into some errant throws because uh, you put some pressure on him. He's going to hang in there against pressure. He can be tough, but he's still going to try and throw the ball a lot of times. And that will lead to some errant tosses. So it may be a little bit behind a guy, but that leads to tips. That leads to opportunities. Hello, Emmanuel Forbes. So, or, or Benjamin St. Juice. I think that guy's going to make some big plays this year too. So those guys are going to have the opportunity for some picks because of that, because again, you put that pressure on. I think this front against their line should have, should be able to put that pressure on them, on him and, and, and force him into those mistakes. But you saw that there are times where he's like, even on the move, he's not going to be as accurate. He's just not. And they saw a pick that he threw where the ball just sailed a little bit. So you got to put him in those situations. Now, how do you do that? Well, you stop James Conner in the run game. That's what they're going to want to do. If you're Arizona, you know what you have in Joshua Dobbs. You know he just got here. You can't put the game on his shoulders. Force them to do so. And then when they do, force them into those mistakes because I do think that they will have a chance to get a couple picks off of that because of what they have. And you know, if you can do it with four guys rushing with the occasional blitz and, and just get some pressure on them, that secondary, I think, is going to feast a little bit. And and so there you go. That's what I – and you know, listen, whether it's he or Clayton Toon, I'd say the same thing, but especially with Dobbs, I've seen that on film. And so there you go. My prediction, I was a little bit conservative here because I'm going to pick Washington to win 24-9. to 9. I say conservative because – I don't, we don't know enough about the Cardinals defense. We don't know enough about Washington's offense. I think nine points, you know, that might be, to be honest, that should be a little bit high. You know, I could see it. I could see it being more of a 24 to three type win, but there's a lot that we, you know, I'm curious to see what Arizona's point, how they attack it. Do they get something cheap late? Is there a turnover? Whatever. But I am picking Washington to win 24 to nine. I think it will be a solid win. I think you'll I think you'll be happy with it. I don't think it's going to be a seven, you know, 13 to nine. You score or you get a you know couple late scores to make it a distance. I think it's going to be, it should be a convincing win. I do like the mindset this team has. I like the summer they have. And it's funny because somebody also told me that on Wednesday was one of their tougher practices that they've had in a long time. So, you know, they're clearly going in there with a different um, modus of of up operating here and see if it pays off. I think it will. So there you go. 24, nine. I think they'll have two couple turnovers. Forbes or St. Juice will get a pick. Washington wins. People go home happy. They'll be one to know after Sunday. So that's it for me. I will be back after the game on Sunday, wrapping up the commander's season opener against the Arizona Cardinals. I'll talk to you next time.